There's no restrictions. No one could stop you from doing so. Zero. Because they don't know it's you doing it. Bitcoin and Ethereum. That's it. Just those two tokens and you will do extremely well in the next five years. Extremely well. Cryptocurrencies are going to take over in ways that you can't imagine. Hi, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the podcast in partnership with The Megaverse. More about them later. Now, for those of you that don't subscribe, I've got a bone to pick with you. Please, 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 would you subscribe? It would mean the world to me if you did. Tens of thousands of people every single week are consuming this content, and your subscription means that we can bring bigger and better guests to you with more fascinating and impactful stories. So please, please, please take the time to subscribe. It costs you nothing, but it means the world to me. Today's guest, Da Vinci Jeremy, a crypto expert who's going to talk to us today about a couple of important matters relating to the crypto industry right now. We have Bitcoin halving coming up. What does that actually mean? We'll find out today. On top of that, we're going to be looking at what developments are taking place in the crypto world at the moment and learn more about mining as well. Now, remember, Da Vinci has been on the show before where he talked about the history of money, and it was a fascinating episode. So having someone like that on the show today, putting crypto and Web3 into plain English, I think is beneficial for us all. So let's get on with it. Cue the music and enjoy this episode. Megaverse, the digital frontier of tomorrow. Megaverse stands at the cutting edge intersection of technology and imagination. It's a virtual realm where the limitless expanse of the digital universe unfolds, offering users unparalleled experiences and interactions. With its advanced metaverse platform, users can craft unique avatars, forge connections, and even establish their own digital estates. It's more than just virtual reality. Megaverse is an expansive digital civilization teeming with opportunities for both individuals and brands. From immersive concerts to revolutionary retail experiences, Megaverse is redefining the way we engage with the digital world. As we stand on the brink of a new era where the lines between our physical reality and the digital realm blur, Megaverse is poised to lead the charge in this brave new world. Dive in and discover a universe without bounds. This really is the future. The man is in the house again. Thank you very much for coming back on the show. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Great Every time I talk to you and learn from you, I have real key takeaways from that information. And I think it's, it's very easy to kind of pigeonhole you into this kind of Mr. Crypto, Mr. Bitcoin type of cat place, you know, meme coins, all this kind of stuff. But you, you to me are just so much more and you have so much more value. And, and listeners to the, and viewers of the podcast have come back to me time and again and said, when he was on the show last time and he talked about X, it really resonated with me. So what I'm going to do today for the benefit of everyone that loves your content is try and get you to give us some more pearls of wisdom from your many years of knowing many subjects. All right, thank you. Thanks, I will. Okay, so let's let's, let's give it a go and crack onto it. Okay, so we talked about the history of money in the past, Mm -hmm. okay, and there's a fascinating story to understand the history of money. Yes, it is. We really really do benefit from knowing how it all came about and and what it all actually means. Mm -hmm. Now, we just, over the course of the last few days, have just gone through the S&P breaking records again, um, and it's it's an all time high recently, led primarily by tech-related businesses, 
um, NVIDIA being, you know, one of the, the big boys out there as we see. And we saw just recently Microsoft overtook um, Apple as the, the world's largest company. And so for your standard everyday investor, that's good news, interesting yes. stuff and positive. And, you know, where should I put my portfolio going forward and how should I, you know, break it up between, you know, small cap, large cap or whatever it may be. You know, I've got my 401k, I've got my IRA, I've got this money out there. Uh, how do I allocate it? And there's many economic commentaries around that. But then, in the last week, we've seen the approval of Bitcoin ETFs. Mm -hmm. And people have gone, does that mean Bitcoin is now mainstream? Or <laughs> am I missing the trick? So tell me what your take on it is. Well, I mean, it's it's gone in gotten into Wall Street, and so the institutional players they can now invest in Bitcoin uh, on the spot market uh, because, according to the rules that they have, right, because they could not invest directly in commodities. Uh, that's why the United States government decided to call Bitcoin a commodity so they avoid uh, too much money going into uh, Bitcoin if it was. Um, Named as a currency, then that would be totally different. <laughs> they could easily move their their wealth into a currency if it was named that. So yeah. it, it, that's why they purposely said, "Yeah, it's a commodity." And so now with the ETF, it makes it easier for uh, institutional players to join the fun, and they're here to join the fun because they don't want to miss out on this next bull run. Um, I was kind of shocked that the government allowed the ETF before the bull run, but I forgot how greedy uh, BlackRock and uh, all those different com companies are. They're, they want to get paid just as much as, as we do. So, yeah, they want to get they want to see this bull run and they can't participate in a major way without this ETF. So to give, to give some some scale on this, when institutional investors get involved in Bitcoin ETF, what what percentage of, of Bitcoin holdings will be institutional in vis-a-vis -vis the retail investors? Well, I don't know for sure. It will all be dependent on, you know, people deciding to, hey, you know what, I want to have a specific percentage. And that all depends on each individual person. Um, if you understand what Bitcoin is, um, you're probably going to go crazy like Michael Saylor and go 100 percent, probably even go into debt into it if you really, truly understand what it is. Um, a lot of people who get into Bitcoin and really understand what it is. They go from um, a 10% allocation in savings to a 50% of all their income or more in savings into Bitcoin. There's actually a meme of, um, uh, of a, a rich person, an image of a rich person, an image of a, a poor person, and an image of a Bitcoiner. With only, and the, the Bitcoiner, he's, all he's got is a robe and a, uh, and a rope that costs a dollar and a robe that costs a dollar and a, and a wraith. <laughs> that costs 50 cents. And that's it because he knows that in the future, this is going to be money. And so um, he's going to delay his gratification of, you know, I'm buying stuff mm -hmm. into the future because he knows that he will be able to get whatever he wants and more into the future. You can't do that with dollars. You can't do that mm -hmm. with, um, for example, stocks or uh, corporate 
bonds. And um, and why is it? Why is it? What's the difference between you're thinking? What's the difference? Because I can like, I, if I invest in a stock, right? I know that the company is going to work, produce wealth, and and give me a dividend and all that kind of stuff. But Bitcoin, I can't get a dividend from Bitcoin. Um, it doesn't make any sense from uh, uh, a no standard investment point of view. And I agree. But it is not a standard investment. It's like somebody inventing, you know, the transporter or, or uh, I don't know, um, um, a, uh, a machine that produces food instantly, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it'd be, it's something that's, that's amazing that will definitely do well in the future. But it's always has to do, when, you, when somebody invents something, it always has to deal with the company. Is the company going to do well as well? Because is there proper management? Whilst with Bitcoin, there is no proper management. There's no management at all. It's just a mathematical formula. That's the key, buddy. Mm. That's the key. It's a mathematical formula. So you don't have to worry about a person. You have to worry about the math. And if you understand that the math is absolute and fixed, you're like, yeah, that's like gravity. It's like gravitational constant. It's not going anywhere. (laughs) You're like... (laughs) So you know that... It just takes people to understand that. But I think, so, I think on the whole, people are sheep and they'll follow. And now we have the Bitcoin ETFs in place. I believe that's the kind of, if not the final, almost the final nail in the coffin that says this is real. OK, and this is where you should put some of your money. Yes, I agree. The m- majority of the people, well, 50 percent of our population has lower than average av- intelligence. That's just because that's how average wor- averages work. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so that means, right, they can't really comprehend its value. They have to wait for someone else to tell them, should I invest in that? And, and then they do it. And they might not understand why. They just understand that oh, I was told by this guy, mm-hmm. hey, you do this because it's going to work out for me. And that's, that's just going to be the majority of people, um, not only because of their, their intelligence, because they don't have enough time to do the research. Mm-hmm. Some people are just, you know, are, are intelligent, but their doctor, They've got patience to deal with. Mm-hmm. They don't have time to, to find out what this Bitcoin thing is, mm-hmm. right, to understand it. So the majority of the people will need somebody else to tell them, okay, you, you better invest in this. And that's just the way it is, right? But that's not dissimilar to them buying a stock, a mutual fund, um, a REIT, or anything like that. Most people don't understand what yes. they are. They don't, and so but they've been around long enough, mm-hmm. and their institutional and, and their financial advisor or the guy at the bank says, you know, this is where you should put your money. It's better than leaving it in the current account, and uh, that's where you'll get a return on it. Mm-hmm. So now it's just a case, I believe, of them now having these these Bitcoin ETFs, and it's like, well, this is this is another alternative. So in, instead of maybe buying some some gold or some silver, or maybe instead of buying f- uh, warrants or futures that your you know your fancy managers told you about, maybe maybe this is where the allocation should be the the retail investor um i think is 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 just getting further and further and further down the path now of of this becoming norm now that's bitcoin where are we with others when we've seen incredible growth from solana this year we've seen fantastic but what for everything we've seen fantastic growth but solana in particular has gone do lally along with a few others but people 
still are probably a little bit wary of that kind of stuff. And I would argue ETH to some degree as well, although not so much. So we've got Bitcoin put over here now. So it's like that, yeah, it's Bitcoin's real. Okay, let's buy into that. How do we how do we sell them on the others? Well, on the other cryptocurrencies, uh, they all have different reasons why you would buy them. For example, Ethereum, of course, is the next best token to purchase uh, because, well, um, if you look at all the other cryptocurrencies uh, out there, they all have, except for Solana that you mentioned, uh, a few others, of course, but most of them have um, an EVM. What does that stand? What does EVM stand for? Ethereum Virtual Machine. That means their part of their core is Ethereum, create <laughs> a complete copy of Ethereum. And so, why would you want to end up with you know Ethereum copycat when you could go with Ethereum? Exactly. And you could say, well, the, the fees, the fees. Yeah, well, that's why there's second layer, Ethereum second layers, such as Shibarium as an example, right? Um, which I to throw out there like, hey, buy some Shiba because it's going to go up. Because it because the, sh the second layers that are, are, are been developed, right? Arbitrum is one of them. They're all going to pump in this next bull run because this is the next big thing is uh, second layers. Um, the first layers such as uh, Cardano, Solana, all that. Even Solana is saying, well, now that they've upgraded Ethereum, I think we can be a second layer of Ethereum too. <laughs> so they, they see the writing on the wall. Mm. <laughs> <Right>? Interesting. <laughs> so, so yes, with uh, the, the interesting thing about uh, a second layer, being a second layer on Ethereum is that you could have your own token be the, uh, the main token, not Ethereum. Mm -hmm. You of course have to do conversions to pay the Ethereum network, Still, mm -hmm. but it's still possible to do that to your token being the one that's paying the gas fees whenever somebody's doing any transfers. And so, effectively, it looks like you're your first layer. Yeah, but you're really running on top of Ethereum, and that's that's why I see a, a big a big push and a big. <coughs> so, if you invest in a, a series of different second layers, I think you're going to do extremely well in this next bull run. Let's talk about bull runs then. So we know what they are traditionally, unless you go to Pamplona and you are chased actually by the bulls, but we know what a bull run is. We've seen um, Bitcoin go up to 46,000 and then come back a little bit from there over the course of the last week as we're filming today. What's the date today? Um, 22nd. So we've seen that, that, that come back. I've been told that Bitcoin halving is going to have a bit of an impact on the price in the short term, and then the bull run will go towards the you know, end of this quarter. It's stuff that I've heard on the grapevine, and these are all just opinions, and so none of next, them... Next year, it's probably end of, sometime in the end of next year, it's the last quarter of next year is where it's going to end. Where it's going to end, the last quarter of next year. Mm. So we're talking about Q425. Yes. Okay. What does Bitcoin halving actually mean and do? Well, Bitcoin is a mathematical algorithm, like I ex explained earlier on. Yep. And part of its mathematical algorithm is that it creates crypto coins, right, called Bitcoins, that you can mine into existence. And the mining process, what it does is it allows the distribution of the token into society. So, for example, the de developer decided, okay, well, I'm going to make this like gold, where the people who first see it, the value of it, 
they'll get the most, and the people who see the value at the end will get the least. And in order to, because as the mining go, continues to improve, right, because people will start to mine with more and more sophisticated equipment, they'll get less and less, just like in gold, right? We, we use uh, sophisticated equipment to mine gold. Yeah, you can still pan with gold for gold, right? Yeah. <laughs> but you won't get much, right? But you still to do it. You can still do that with the Bitcoin network today. You can actually, you know, purchase some equipment uh, and start mining on your own and get small amounts of Bitcoin. And the reason why he developed it that way is because he wanted people to, to get Bitcoin uh, on a scheduled basis, on a fixed scheduled basis, until reducing until zero. And, and then uh, after that, the, the fees are what the miners will be getting. So, for example, they, they basically find um, the next block, right, which they store all the different transactions inside that block, ensuring that the transactions are permanently stored on the record, on the da- database, which is called basically a ledger. Yeah. And that prevents anyone from making any changes because of that mining process. And he reduced the supply every four years by half, how much that was going to come out every four years. So he started with 50, right? So every 10 minutes, 50 Bitcoins were produced. Then uh, four years later, 25. Four years later, uh, 12.5. Then uh, another four years, is six, currently it's at 6 point, um, 6.25, right? So it gets reduced every four years until zero. And that's the way, that's the, that reward is only for you who are a miner who works and finds a block, stores all the transactions, and ensures that no one can change the transactions. That's the critical part of Bitcoin and um, what makes it so strong. Because it's that mathematical algorithm and mixed in with the game theory that no one's going to build up a bunch of mining equipment, start mining, and try to destroy the system by creating a double spend. Because let's just say you had 50% of the equipment. The most you can do is double spend. That's it, right? You could try to trick somebody into spending, spend, giving them, oh, I'm going to give you, um, you know, uh, 1,000 Bitcoin, and then you're going to give me something in return, and then I return that, take that 1,000 Bitcoin back. That's all you can do if you have more than 51% of the mining p- supply. Big deal. You can, as a person who's received, if you find that out, somebody's getting 51%, all you have to do is say, uh, yeah, I'm going to wait until not six confirmations, but 10. Mm-hmm. So 10 blocks. <coughs> so more than um, uh, every 10 minutes, there's a block. So you could just wait 100 minutes or 90 minutes, and then that guarantees that that, that transaction is stored in the database permanently if someone happens to have 51%. And there's a solution to your problem if someone has 51%. So there's, when you see that, when you understand that, okay, even the game theory where you get more than 51%, you still don't have anything, really. You're like, oh, this is going to work. This is going to work in every single case. And even if someone decides, you know what? I don't like the rules. I'm going to create my own. That's great. There it is right there. There's your own cryptocurrency, Ethereum. Right, <laughs> Bitcoin Cash. Yeah, you can do that, but will people want to use it? Mm-hmm. That's the problem, right? You can fork Bitcoin all you want. 
you could say, no, I'm going to have Bitcoin with with uh, not 21 million, but 42 million. That's fine, but that's a se- that's a separate Bitcoin. Yeah, everybody could stay on that one, the one, the real Bitcoin. You could create your own. Yeah, and in fact, with a fork, you what you've done is now everybody has Bitcoin on your fork and on the real Bitcoin, and they could sell your Bitcoins and buy the real ones. <laughs> so yeah. it's a useless gesture. <laughs> Fascinating. So that man that sat there with $100,000 right now saying, I'm going to buy Bitcoin. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to, I'm going to wait, though, because I'm going to wait for the halving to take place. And then I'm going to invest then because that, that's what I think is the best thing to do. Is he, is he being naive in that assumption? Uh, being naive and, and sorry, what was the question again? So you, the guy that sat there with his, with his hundred thousand dollars and it's ready to go for Bitcoin. He's got his money on his trading account and he's ready to buy, but he just wants to wait for the Bitcoin halving to take place. And then he's going to buy cause he thinks it's going to go down before the halving takes place. What advice would you give that guy? Yeah, I think that's probably sound advice, but because Bitcoin generally, um, goes down on the happening because you know, you, you buy the rumor and sell the news, right? Mm-hmm. Or you 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 buy the 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 lead up to the fact, right? So for example, I, that's that's what I did. I shorted Bitcoin in the lead up to the ETF, shorted heavily okay. because I knew that people would think that, hey, you know what? Now that the ETF's here, Bitcoin's going to the moon. No, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> <laughs> so never works that way. No, exactly. On the day I was waiting, and I hit the the right short, um, the sixty one point eight from the if you if you use uh, Fibonacci sequences, and then yeah, it was right on right on the money. And when you look at when you look at what's happening at the moment, and and you see people getting excited about what's coming, my my fear with lots of people, particularly younger, more aggressive people, is that they they leverage too much and get themselves into a dangerous position. Yes, that happens because people see the value and then they think that they can like, you know, oh, well, I'll just go into debt and then it'll be higher and then I'll pay it off later. Um, yeah, that could happen and the opposite could happen. So make sure you can survive the opposite of that bet. Mm-hmm. So you should never make a bet that you, uh, you can't survive from. And what do you think... Well, first of all, do you think Donald Trump's going to be the next president? Uh, even if he is, it's not relevant. Nothing will change. Okay. Very little, right? Um, will there still be, you know, wars and problems? And and uh, will the government uh, stop the Federal Reserve? No. Will they stop? Will, will they stop uh, handing out a bunch of money and go stop going into debt? No. Um, the whole system will continue functioning as is whether President Trump is president or not, right? I mean... But when does the debt get to that point? I mean, it's outrageous in the United States at the moment. The, 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 the debt is ridiculous. Yeah, it's not like he's going to do anything about it. No, he's not. But when does it get to a point where... I mean, because all that does to me is the more the debt, debt comes, the more the, uh, the quantitative easing takes place, the more that money's printed, it's just the more proof that you're getting that Bitcoin needs to be your solution for the future and not, and not fiat money. And so when, when I consider that, it's just like every year the government has fought against cryptocurrencies, but yet it gives more compelling arguments by its own behavior as to why cryptocurrencies need to be used. Yeah, exactly. But governments don't have to worry about uh, cryptocurrencies too much um, because most people will um, leave their cryptocurrencies on 
businesses such as like uh, living, leaving it on with BlackRock, with the ETF, leaving it on Binance, right? Um, leaving it on Coinbase. And once you do that, well, then uh, if the government uh, defaults, they can go, well, which is basically the, crypto, the, the U.S. dollars collapsing, is effectively a default. They can uh, basically say, hey, you know what, we're going to um, give you uh, dollars for those Bitcoins or those cryptocurrencies because, hey, those are really volatile, dangerous. Don't want you to have that, right? Want you to have nice, safe U.S. dollars. And that's that, right? And then they have all the money they need, right? <laughs> so it's not a problem for them. <laughs> and what you going to do? And if you don't think they, don't, they, they wouldn't do that, just remember in 1933, they confiscated gold, and Americans couldn't hold gold up until 1975. Mm-hmm. So it is possible, and it is most likely probable. In fact, um, in most countries, like even Russia, um, uh, Argentina, Venezuela, it's illegal to have dollars or to trade in dollars there. But everybody ignores that, right? But once once that law was passed, they immediately converted your dollars to the local currency. So what makes you think that's not going to happen in the United States? You must be dreaming. We saw uh, El Salvador many years ago now. It's that old news, isn't it? You know, they moved to a uh, a, a cryptocurrency is their way of thinking. And then you see 100% inflation in Argentina at the moment. Sophia's from Argentina, mm-hmm. so she's expressed the stress that, that goes with that. You see a new president come in and he's going to save the day, you know, came on his white horse galloping in and he's going to save the day for Argentina. But when you look at a country that is in such a financial mess like Argentina is, what really is the solution? If it's not Bitcoin, well, I mean, the the solution is always radical change, and it's always very painful for most people um, because the, they've they've saved their wealth in the local currency, or they've saved it even worse in real estate, and real estate tends to get hurt a lot in a in a financial collapse of the currency. Um, only um, assets such as gold, silver, and um, assets that are uh, used every day that have the real value. And so uh, it's, it's going to be a difficult process, but once, once you go through that and you have some sort of honest money, there's a big boom. There's an, always an economic boom, and history has shown that time and time again. If you use honest and fair money, there's a massive boom in the economy because people know what to expect. They know they can plan for the future. And if you can plan for the future, you work harder today so that you have a better future tomorrow. It's important you say that. You talk about real estate. You talk about the issue that sits with that. Let's dive into that a little bit while we're here. We obviously are in this wonderful city of Dubai. And every single day, Arabian Business publishes yet more information about how many transactions took place and how many properties have been sold and the squillions and billions of money that's been invested in even more and every other day there's a new property tower being launched here there and everywhere you've seen it just like yes i have, I have. what does it make you feel on uh, top <laughs> 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 the 
brilliant. <laughs> it was like a top to me. <laughs> what, 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 what's, what do you think is going to happen here? Well, I don't you got, know you when. Got, let's just put this into some context here. You, you're, you're, you're a wise man. You've learned a lot. You understand the mechanics behind a lot of this kind of stuff. You, you, you clearly understand economics really well. We are in this place where every real estate broker in town is only telling you it's going to go up. Oh, yeah, I guess that all the time. It's, it's their job, too. <laughs> <laughs> they won't sell anything unless they do. Um, and they've been proven right for the last three or four years. So that's, that's probably making them feel better anyway. Yeah, broken clock is right, you know, twice, <laughs> twice a twice day. Twice a day, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a broken clock is right twice a day. What should, what should people be... Should people be buying property in the UAE right now as an investment? Um, yes and no. Um, if you do it properly, yes. So if you, um, instead of borrowing money locally, you borrow it outside um, and um, you ensure that the contract is made outside of the UAE. Right. <laughs> right? <laughs> and then you invest in the property here. If you could do it that way, that makes the most sense. And because if there's a collapse, right, you have uh, an, a contract agreement saying, hey, you know what, you get the property and there's a no, um, what's it called? No, uh, uh, not fault, but um, recourse loan. It's a non-recourse loan, meaning that they just get the property and that's it. That's, that's we're done, right? Um, well, and you walk away from the mortgage you walk away, you yeah, okay. the property and that's it. So if you could get a non-recourse loan, outside of Dubai, I suggest you do that and invest because what you can do is get uh, rent. And since rents are generally fixed, right, you can um, get a, a payment every month that can pick, cover the costs of yep. your mortgage. And so that's, that's one way of doing it, investing here in, in Dubai. And you, with a non-recourse loan, you don't really care whether if the rents happen to drop, that's not your problem. <laughs> you can just walk away. Exactly. Somebody else is going to take the asset. Exactly. And they're going to take responsibility for mm-hmm. it. Okay, but that's not what most people are doing, are they? No. You no. know, mm-hmm. most people haven't even considered that. You know, going to a bank in Singapore and borrowing the money from there. They're they're going to the banks here, or they've got mm-hmm. payment plans up until fifty percent on these off-plan properties, and all they care about is I bought it for a million dirhams. Is it going to be worth more than a million dirhams in the future? And, you know, is the mortgage going to be covered by the rental income on that property? Yeah. And, but actually, there are certain places here in, in Dubai where they will guarantee you they'll take back the property after a certain amount of time at the price that you, or slightly over higher than the price that you paid for it. Really? And I'm like, what? Yes, I've had... Uh, what, property debate? Yes, exactly. Yes. That's how crazy it is. And I'm like, okay... I smell top. <laughs> if they believe in their own bullshit. <laughs> Where is the top, though? Is That's the question, isn't it? Because we smell top. We think top. We think it can't go that much higher, but it keeps going. It We've seen this before. Going, yeah. Do you think there'll be a crash? Like an almighty eventually, crash? It will eventually come. When, when it comes, it doesn't matter. But you can say, you can look at a, a, an avalanche, right? Or, or no, well, a snow buildup on a, build, on, a, on a mountain and say, that's not stable. That's going to break. You don't know which snowflake is going to, you know, cause the, uh, the avalanche. But yeah. you know it's coming. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's coming. Yeah, it's coming. 
And it doesn't matter when, you know, not to get underneath that. Stay underneath this, that. This then goes to prove time and time again that most people are sheep because they're not doing their own critical thinking. They're, they're looking at this market and like, you know, momentum investors, they wait for the growth to happen and they jump on the back of it, okay, wanting, you know, want the proof first and then they'll get involved. Yeah, exactly. But that's the standard way of uh, human beings acting um, because uh, it's a survival mechanism uh, instinctively built into us. Um, if, if we see a herd of people running, we don't stop and, and screaming, oh, my God, run for your lives. We don't stop and ask them, what, why are you doing that, right? and investigate. No, you run with them, right? And then find out why. Well, the same thing happens with your investments. Mm. Right? And so that's where we are. It is what it is. Is Dubai the crypto hub of the world? I would say yes. Uh, Dubai is the crypto hub of the world because of the, 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 the tax incentive. Um, it's, crypto is easy to move wealth around and it's easy to move wealth around here in Dubai and in the UAE. And because of that, a lot of people, that attracts a lot of people with large amounts of wealth stored in crypto. In fact, um, it's easier for an American to come here, right, and um, live a good lifestyle without the, 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 the IRS knowing, right, because they can move everything in cash. And they can have like have a small corporate, create a small corporation, right? Not put it in their name, and that that's paying for their lifestyle, mm -hmm. and that explains the way the where the money's coming from. Mm -hmm. It's so easy to do these kind of things here in Dubai, and so yeah, it's that's why it attracts a lot of people. And from a Web three point of view as well, do you believe that this is the this is the center of the world from? A Web3 perspective? I think the Web3 perspective means anybody can do it anywhere without having the worry about the government. So they can build up their wealth using Web3 mm -hmm. and the government not even know. And then, oh, I'm super rich now, but I, if I let the government know, I'm going to be paying a lot of taxes. So what am I going to do? I got an idea. <laughs> Just leave. <laughs> Funny. When I when I look at the amount of people that are here that are talking, that are incubators that are that are, that are, are fostering great conversations around all things Web three and crypto. I think we should explain what Web three is. Okay, good. Right? Because a lot of people are like, "Huh? What are you guys talking about?" Well, Web three is. Obviously, the version from Web 2, which is Web 2, first off, just in case you don't know what Web 2 is, is the ability to log into a website and have it dynamically show you information like, you know, Facebook or, mm -hmm. um, you know, Instagram. And those are Web 2-based applications. They have a central server where they sh dynamically show you what's going on on their servers, basically. Mm -hmm. Web 3, there is no central server. Uh, using a means of payment, you can actually store data, have contracts, agree on, on, on uh, complex finances, financial products, right, on a decentralized platform. Meaning no one could tell you, hey, you can't make that trade. 
you can't uh, post that image, you can't do anything, you can't do that over here. No, no, you can do whatever. Mm -hmm. That's what Web3 is all about, allowing you to uh, transact and do certain things that a Web2 application would not let you do. Mm -hmm. And that also uses finance along with it. In order, because in order for the system to operate, there has to be some sort of financial incentive for it to keep operating. And the decentralized components are the, the nodes and so forth that are being paid to mm -hmm. ensure that, hey, you get to operate in this, this beautiful garden of freedom. Mm -hmm. right? And that's why there's a financial component to it. And that's what Web3 is. And you do so anonymously. So you create your own wallet, and the wallet's anonymous. There's no, uh, there's no name. You don't put in your username. You don't put in your password. <laughs> right? You just create a wallet, and then you connect with that wallet to, to this Web3 world. Mm -hmm. When you look at Web3, there are so many different interesting applications that are being developed in there with various metaverses, megaverses, and this kind of stuff. We see gaming and crypto gaming as being a really interesting area. Um, we saw stake.com a few years ago come out and they've had incredible numbers in terms of turnovers and revenue over the course mm -hmm. of the last uh, four years now. Um, and people gambling, you know, my dad used to go to the bookmakers and bet on the horses with his, you know, 10 pounds or whatever it may be. And now that doesn't exist. Even my dad has an app on his phone to, to bet on the, you know, the, the derby or whatever the horse race may be. We see younger people gambling uh, with crypto more, more so in numbers now than we see with people with fiat money. Exactly. exactly. That to me means that they believe that the risk associated with gambling is probably similar to the risk associated with trading short and long on meme coins maybe. Yeah. Um, Would you the, agree? The, yes, I do. Um, the reason why lottery tickets uh, do so well is because everybody dreams about maybe hitting it big one day. And um, a lot of people who are at like, you know, 50% of the population has lower than average intelligence. Well, you know, even larger percentage is in the poverty section. And, and so they're dreaming about that. They're dreaming about, you know, okay, I can just buy this ticket and all of a sudden maybe one day I'll be rich. And we know that that's not going to be the case. Um, and so the same thing applies when they come into the Web3 space. I, I can't tell you how many people ask me uh, on my Instagram or Twitter, oh, can you just give me a credit, uh, uh, one token that will do well, right, that I'm going to make me rich. I just have $1,000 or $100, right? And they expect to put it in and, you know, all of a sudden be a millionaire. And that, uh, that belief, all right, um, fuels the gambling in in crypto space and it will it will never go away um it will just expand and that's why people you know constantly tell me hey ask me when is Shiba Inu going to a dollar and the answer is never <laughs> 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 and even if it does it, it won't a dollar won't be worth anything you know? your, your million dollars will of, of Shiba will be worthless right so <laughs> so yeah um so the point is, right, um, people uh, will gamble in this, this space and uh, there's, no, there's no stopping it. You have to accept it as the reality. 
and hopefully they learn that you can't do that, but that's fine. It will still be here. And the, the, the thing is, what, what, what I've noticed is that oracles are going to be coming into this space. What is an oracle? An oracle is it checks to see what's actually going on in the real world and provides that information in the digital world. So, for example, you mentioned your, your, your father betting on the horse races. Well, there's going to be oracles to read the horse races mm-hmm. and place the, um, the actual um, outputs of the, the horse race, who won, who lost, and everything, and place it on the blockchain. And so then you will be able to bet on the blockchain and it instantly know and pay you out based on what was uh, the results from the Oracle. Mm-hmm. And so that's coming and everybody's going to be betting or doing whatever kind of finances and whether it be lottery tickets or um, gambling on Web3 because there's no restrictions. No one could stop you from doing so. Zero. Because they can't know it's you doing it. It's very valuable information that Okay, as we start to get to the end of our chat, because I know you've got a limited time today. You've got the guy there. If there's three things that we were selling to get rich quick, there'd be three things that I would sell. Number one, if there was a tablet we could sell that could help everyone lose 12 kilos in two days, I think (laughs) (laughs) it'd make a lot of money. Exactly. exactly. (laughs) You and I would have bought it. Mm -hmm. If there was... The other two things I think people want are, number one, um, get rich quick. So if you can become a millionaire overnight, which you get... Uh, lots of messages around that and the other one is significance everyone wants a million followers it seems Mm -hmm. to be the kind of three things that are the most important things in people's life it would be unfair of me to sit here knowing my audience and not ask you this question so please forgive and I know you probably don't want to answer it but I'm going to answer it ask it anyway what should people be investing in (laughs) (laughs) okay and let's 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 say they're a buy and hold investor for the next five years. What should they be invested in? And keep it simple. Bitcoin and Ethereum, that's it. Just those two tokens and you will do extremely well in the next five years, extremely well. And that's buy Bitcoin, buy Ethereum, so with a part of your salary every month. or that's with, it, forget with, about it. Just forget about it. Don't I, look at it, don't yeah. go online, don't yeah. check your account. Exactly, exactly, trust me. Um, I don't know how many times I've told this story about my girlfriend, my ex-girlfriend, who um, she she Hell I, yeah, I, I bought her some story. I bought some I bought her some crypto and she only spent like three thousand dollars and and uh, she, then she calls me up like seven years later and says, "Hey, Da Vinci, uh, you know that crypto you bought me and uh, you know I, I I don't have the passwords for it. Do you happen to have the password?" I'm like, "Bitch, you're a millionaire." When we opened it up, she had $1.2 million worth of crypto in there. And yeah, I mean, that's how it is, right? I mean, you just buy and hold. There's no stopping this evolution in the, the, the crypto space. This cryptocurrencies are going to take over in ways that you can't imagine. We're going to have assets and things that use this technology that we could not fathom, just like the people when we invented electricity and we saw them light up the Eiffel Tower, they thought it was a fad, they thought it was a light for rich people, what's the use case? But we now know that you can use it for refrigerators, mm-hmm. for washing machines, for dishwashers, mm-hmm. for computers, for radios, television. Do you think they could have ever imagined that Never. back then? No way. Never. The same thing is going to happen with crypto. 
because Bitcoin, Ethereum, for first time ever, money um, doesn't have to be associated with a person. Uh, if you talk about dollars and you say, well, how does the dollars really work? Can you like, um, can some computer hold the dollars? Not really. There has to be some sort of person making sure that those, that data in the computer is correct. Mm -hmm. And if anything's wrong, right, then they have to go to law. If you have dollars in your hand, right, there's no way for your computer to actually use that, to mm -hmm. send it to anybody. If you're talking about your, your credit card, well, you know, your credit card is controlled by a central system. Um, yes, somebody can charge your credit card remotely as much as they want, but then you just have to call them up and they will reverse that charge. Mm -hmm. With crypto, it doesn't work that way. It's just a mathematical proof. Mm -hmm. It's absolute. And it just a computer, even a computer can manage it mm -hmm. on its own. So it opens up a whole new world of possibilities where you can actually, in the future, um, have a uh, machine that basically you buy and, goes, and it goes and works for you. The fear around the last point of uh, the last question I'm going to ask is, is, is really, who do I trust? Because we saw, obviously, Mr. Bankman-Fried and what happened there. We saw recently... Um, CZ with Binance and the issues around there. Where do we go to safely know? And I know we can use cold storage, that's absolutely fine, but when we're, when we're using a trading platform, what, what, how do we know we can trust these people? Exactly, it's really difficult, because you could say, well, uh, I'll just wait for everybody else to tell me what they're, do they're doing, and then I'll do, do that. And you could have done that with uh, FTX, and yeah. You lost everything because everybody was telling me FTX was safe. Mm -hmm. I didn't trust it, though. <laughs> did, you, did you not? No, Were no. you skeptical, yeah? Yeah, I was like, hmm, okay. Seems a little off, but whatever. People, I yeah. didn't bother looking into it myself um, very closely. I should have. If I had, um, I probably would have saw the red flags. Um, but I was just too busy. Honestly, I have to realize that I was too busy partying with everybody with all the big uh, with the last bull run. But I'm being a little bit more serious now and ta taking things uh, more seriously and uh, looking into things a little bit more deeply. And yeah. Um, so which exchange would you recommend? Which exchange could you tell us is trustworthy? I mean, uh, for honestly, example, we I, could I know the guys over. At, uh, I know the guys at Crypto.com. Um, I've spent time with them, got to know them, and I'm like, you're kind of trustworthy guys. Yeah, that's fine. Crypto.com, but, but uh, then, yeah, they collapsed because of FTX, right? Yeah. Right? Um, so that's always going to be a problem um, with any exchange that I recommend. Is it Because it becomes a honeypot, right? I think uh, Binance is an example. It, it was a honeypot that, um, you know, hackers couldn't take down, so the government took it. <laughs> and, yeah. yeah. Um, that's that. I mean, it's still safe to, to deposit your money there, as safe as any other exchange, because you know, if they get hacked, you know, you could still lose everything if the, someone hacks their system or their organization. But that's the risk you take if you use any any exchange. It doesn't matter which exchange you use. Mm -hmm. You're you're going to have to understand that risk. And um, yeah, and on top of that, uh, they're subjected to all the laws of um, the land. And so they'll make your life difficult uh, most of the time, right? So for mo not everybody, 
not everybody will have a difficult time. I'm having a difficult time with Binance because they're holding some money of mine, but I suspect it because, hey, you know what? They have a whole bunch of rules that they have to follow, mm. right, based on the government's requiring them, so that's just the way it is. And so they operate like a bank, mm. and you have to, to, as a bank, I don't know about you, but I find banks a pain in the butt. Mm-hmm. And I find that uh, now the exchanges have become more and more a pain in the butt because of all the regulations that they have to f- f- uh, abide by, which is similar to what a bank has to do. Okay, so just lastly then, with that in mind, spread spread and open lots of accounts, uh, lots of platforms. Uh, yeah, exactly. I would yeah. do more than one. and But then, once you're done, um, take some take the majority off those exchanges and put it in your own wallet. Is that a guaranteed safety? No, because the wallet is, if you use a hot wallet, there could be a problem with the hot wallet or you have it exposed incorrectly. Or so the next step is obviously a hardware wallet, right? But then, yeah, you still have problems with a hardware wallet, but less so the hardware wallet is the ultimate. The ultimate place to store your crypto wealth is just the least convenient. And the last thing really is, Banks go bust as well. Exactly. So we have to remember that too. Yeah, but they're sometimes too big to, to fail. <laughs> Indeed they are. Da Vinci Jeremy, thank you very much for coming and joining us today. I can sit and talk to you for hours. I love having you on the show, so thanks for making the time, mate. Thanks for having me. 